1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. want to wish everyone a happy new year as we embark on 2022. We pray that you grow more intimately with Christ our Savior. We pray that um, your work and the things that you do for Jesus prosper, and it will, when we do our part. So, on today's episode, we wanted to continue our discussion on the historical Jesus, the historical Jesus. And on our previous show, we talked about how Jesus needs to be real in our lives because he is real. I know some of you all uh, are saying to yourself, well, I already know he's real. I go to church. um, I sing the songs of praise. I'm in ministry, uh, I'm involved with the church circle, and he's real in my life. He's real to me, and he should be. But yet, at times, um, because of circumstances, because of science, because of outside noises, some of us get distracted and we forget and we lose perspective on who Jesus really is. And Jesus is the God man. Jesus is God. Jesus is uh, uh, also uh, human in terms of uh, uh, the, the humanity that he put upon himself. But as we worship Jesus, it makes it even more important when we think about how he is. Inserted himself into the annals of history. Think about it. Jesus. God, the son. Inserted himself into the annals of history. God, the creator of the universe. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. God thought enough about us. To send us his very best. And that was Jesus the Christ. So, if God sent Jesus, there ought to be some evidence. And we're not talking about uh, having faith or not having faith. We're, we're, We're talking about the objective evidence that demonstrate that something happened in the annals of history if a bomb blows up in the house, once the impact has occurred and uh, investigators come to uh, analyze what happened, there's going to be evidence that something happened in this house. And they're going to ultimately deduce that a bomb went off and that's what impacted this house. When... You go to a beach and you see footprints in the sand is an indication that someone has uh, walked in this area of the beach and their imprint is there, leaves evidence that something happened. In the same way, there is a causal uh, aspect to this topic of the historicity of Jesus Christ. God caused something to happen, and there is an effect. The effect is the footprint. The effect is the demolition of the house. If God came uh, to humanity by sending his very best, his son, Jesus, the Christ, there have to be some evidence. So, this is why we, uh, we're talking about this topic of the historical Jesus. Outside of the Bible... My argument is there is evidence for the historicity of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. Outside of the scriptures, there's evidence for the historicity of Jesus Christ. Of course, we as Christians uh, accept the Bible as infallible, meaning it is without error. Of course, we walk by faith, not by sight. But we also are rational beings. We are logical beings. God gave us the ability to think. This is why he challenges us to say, come, let us reason together. So objectively speaking, even outside of the Bible, we have extra biblical evidence to support our claim that Jesus came. And we started on our previous episode with our first evidentiary evidence. And that's Josephus. And Josephus, in his book, uh, The Antiquities of the Jews, uh, book 18, chapter 3, he writes the following. Now, There was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again the third day as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians, so named from him, are not extinct at this day. So just Josephus is uh, giving us a journalistic perspective regarding what was going on even at his day. Jesus uh, lived uh, was crucified and ascended uh, be- before Josephus was born. But here's the thing, Josephus lived in close proximity to these events. So when Josephus was born in 37 AD, this information was still wor- whirling about. People were still talking about what just happened of uh, just a few years earlier. Uh, you're talking about uh, uh, around four or five years earlier before Josephus was born. So he was born into this this uh, story. He was born into this event. Imagine being uh, uh, born uh, in in 2015 as an example. If you were born into 2015, you would have learned that something happened uh, in 2011. 2011, where the twin towers were decimated. 2011 where uh, terrorists hijacked a plane, you would have learned all these events because it was real, because it was close to uh, in proximity to the events, because people were talking about it, because people were consumed with it, because lives were lost. And something happened in 2011. So if you were born in 2015, you would have uh, been a part of this narrative. And that's what Josephus is doing. Josephus is not a Christian. Remember, he's a Jewish historian. He's he's Jewish by birth. He's Jewish by culture. And then he took on uh, a Roman culture, but he's still a Jew. He wasn't a Christian. And he's writing the events that occurred shortly before he was born. And we learn from Josephus that uh, there was... Uh, a man called Jesus. There was uh, a man that had followers. Uh, the, the, there was a man called Jesus who was crucified. He was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the anointed one. And and there was a man named Pilate, and, and Pilate was instrumental in Jesus being crucified. So when we read the, uh, the, the antiquities of Josephus, we learn about the historical Jesus, so, my point is this, if you're listening to me, you a Christian, Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is not Santa Claus, as I said before. Jesus is not Red, uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He's not Frosty the Snowman. Jesus is real. I really um, don't need, at this point in my walk, I don't need extra biblical sources to Uh, help to reaffirm the realness of Christ. I've been walking with him long enough to know that he's real. And it's a tangible realness. This is not fabricated. This is not uh, a delusional. Jesus is real. And experientially, I know him for myself because of how he showed up in my life, because of how he's changed me, because of how through the Holy Spirit he talks to me. He's real. But for those that need uh, this type of evidence, we have it. When Jesus came through the annals of time, through the annals of history, it's a demonstration that God the Son came to us. He came to us. This is not a fabricated story. It happened in real time. So, if Jesus, God the Son, if everything the Bible says about Jesus is true, then we as humans we have to deal with this reality if God sent his son, which he did, if Jesus is the Messiah, which he is, if Jesus performed all these miracles, which he did, if Jesus uh, told us the gospel concerning God, the father, which he did, then we are left to either embrace it or reject it. And just know this, if what Jesus said is right, then we that believe we're in good hands. But if, what Jesus said is right, which it is, and you're not saved, then those that reject him will be without him for eternity. And yes, there's a place called hell. That's a whole other episode. I know some uh, contemporary preachers don't like to talk about hell, but hell exists. And the reason why I know hell exists is because Jesus is the one that talks about hell more than any other person in the scriptures. So, it's important that we embrace the gift that God has given us, and that's his monogenous son, Jesus the Christ. His appearance into the annals of history should give all of us that are Christians hope. The next uh, extra biblical source that I like to uh, unpack is Cornelius Tacitus. He's an ancient Roman historian who lived uh, from 55 A.D. to 120 A.D. And again, these are all very close uh, times in proximity to the events of Jesus and his life. And Jesus uh, uh, lived until A.D. 33. And the closer the stories are to the events Uh, the more reliable that source is. So this is Tacitus, Cornelius Tacitus. He's an ancient Roman historian. He wrote the works, the annals, and the histories. Uh, His writings document Nero, which the Bible talks about, uh, Nero blaming Christians for the fire in Rome uh, around 64 AD. So this is the context of Tacitus' writing. Uh, What what we learn from Tacitus is that Uh, The Circus Maximus was caught on fire and it spread through the neighborhood for six days. He's talking about Rome. And the Circus Maximus, uh, for those who may be asking, what is the Circus Maximus? Was the great entertainment venue in ancient Rome, uh, whereby they had chariot races and gladiator fights and reenactments of famous battles. So it was a great amphitheater. It, uh, if you want to use a term. Uh, and the fire, which burned up the Circus Maximus, destroyed three out of the 14 districts or regions, if you want to use that term, of Rome, as well as it mostly destroyed about seven districts of the 14, uh, and, and the rest remained untouched. But Caesar Augustus, this is what we learn from Tacitus, Caesar Augustus had divided Rome into these 14 uh, districts or region uh, by 7 B.C. Uh, uh, to help him manage uh, his, his, his providences. And we learn uh, from Tacitus that uh, Nero blamed Christians for the fire. It is from Tacitus that we learn so much about the governance of some of the Caesars of Rome. But in his work, The Annals, we learn something about Christianity. Tacitus writes the following. He says, but neither human effort nor the emperor's generosity nor the placating of the gods ended the scandalous belief that the fire had been ordered by a certain group. Therefore, to put down the rumor... Nero substituted as culprits and punished in the most unusual ways those hated for their shameful acts, whom the crowd called Christians. The founder of this name, Christ, had been executed in the reign of Tiberius by the procreator Pontius the Pilate. Suppressed for a time, the deadly superstition erupted again, not only in Judea, the origin of this evil. But also in the city, Rome, where all things horrible and shameful, shameful from everywhere come together and become on and become popular. So, again, from Tacitus, he writes and chronologs the events uh, in the first century. And we learn from him that uh, the emperor tried his best uh, to deal with the situation of the fire, and he needed someone to blame. So he blamed Christians, and we learned that uh, those Christians followed someone called Christ who had been ex- executed by Pontius Pilate, meaning under uh, uh, Pilate's uh, tenure, and that uh, th- this group originated in Judea. So this is the second uh, proof that there is a historical Jesus, that Jesus actually came into the annals of history to uh, share the kingdom agenda and to give us an opportunity to know the will of God so we may have uh, an established relationship. Humanity, once again, had a way to have a relationship with God the Father. The third extra biblical source is Thalos, the historian, historian who wrote uh, in Koinoid Greek and who wrote about events in the Mediterranean uh, Mediterranean uh, area circa 52 AD. He writes about the darkness that occurred during the death of Christ, uh, and we'll look at it in a few minutes. We learn about his skepticism in regards to the uh, eclipse uh, recorded in the Gospels or the darkness event that had, that the Bible talks about. So, he had issues with that. He was a skeptic. Uh, Thallos was a skeptic, uh, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So, in Mark 15 and 33, it says, At noon, darkness came over the whole land until 3 in the afternoon. And at 3 in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a live voice, Eloi, Elolema, Sabatana which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then we see a different version uh, or, or, or a different way of saying or talking about the same story in Luke 23 and 44. It says, at noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Luke uh, captures uh, an identical or reports in an identical manner to Mark. Then in Matthew 27, verse 51 through 53, uh, we read this. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rock split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life, they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. Uh, so Matthew has given us the uh, additives, the other things that occurred that uh, Mark and Luke um, don't specify. So back to Thalos T H uh, A L L O S. He wrote the following in his in his book called Histories. He says in the third book of, of his book history, Thallos called the darkness an eclipse of the sun which seems to be wrong. This is what uh, Thallos uh, suggests, that it didn't happen. But Julius Africanus uh, who's also uh, a writer and he wrote A History of the World uh, he challenges this notion that the uh, the darkness did not happen. Julius claims Thallos explanation of what occurred was wrong where Thallos was trying to find a scientific uh, explanation for the darkness, Julius Africanus said, no, Thallos, it did happen, and it was a miracle. It was a miracle. And because Thallos is looking at it purely scientifically, uh, he rejects this notion that God calls um, the darkness that the Gospels talk about. But uh, Julius Africanus He challenges this notion. And Julius Africanus lived in the second and third century. So we're talking about 100 to uh, 200 A.D. Again, it's not too far away from the events that occurred when Jesus was living. The next person I would like to introduce is uh, Gaius uh, Sutanus, 70 A.D. to 140 A.D. Uh, Gaius Sutanus. He's a Roman writer, secretary to Roman Emperor Hadrian, or he was and his only extant writing is called the lives of the Cedars uh, of the Caesars lives of the Caesars in the fifth chapter or portion of his writing on Emperor Claudius uh, Claudius Suetonius records the emperor dealing with the Christians in Rome. Uh, he uh, Claudius expelled uh, the Christians from Rome, the Jews constantly making disturbance at the instigation of Christus. Since the Jews constantly made disturbances at the instigation of Christus, he expelled them from Rome. So, again, Suetonius uh, gives credence to this notion that many times in history, uh, Rome, Roman leaders uh, had issues with the Christians that lived in their region. And as a result, They made uh, made many times they made it difficult uh, for the Christians because of the uh, the teachings of the Christians, because of the lifestyles of the Christians. But what's important about Suetonius writing is that uh, we learn again that there's a group of people uh, called Christians who followed the Christ. Now, I know there's uh, some skeptics out there who reject this. Uh, belief that Suetonius was writing about uh, Christ or writing about Christians because of the way uh, that the name is spelled. He spelled it C-H-R-E-S-T-U-S. But if we had time, we would unpack the uh, truthfulness of this writing and why it leans more to the argument that he is talking about Christ. So, I pray that this episode has been edifying to you, that you'll be able to use it during your Bible study or uh, while you're witnessing to uh, those that are not Christians. I pray that everything you learn from so- the Sound Reason, the radio show, uh, helps your ministry, and that ministry is being a light for Jesus and sharing the gospel so that others may have a chance to accept the Christ that we worship. Thank you so much for listening, and we thank you all for your prayers. And we pray as we start the new year that you would consider becoming a financial supporter of the Sound Reasoning radio show. Uh, please be a blessing to Kingdom Building by giving towards Sound Reasoning radio show. Uh, you can go online or you can uh, give your donation, write it out to Sound Reasoning, uh, P.O. Box 582-306, Elk Grove, California, 95758. And please remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Jesus is worthy of all our praises. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time, and remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy messages has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org.
1: Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack.